give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. Oh, come on. Holy Spirit, let's pray. I want you to pray with me. Whether you raise your hands or you bow your head, however you want to pray, I just want you to pray with me as we get prepared to receive the word. Those of you online, those of you in this house, those of you in overflow, those of you in a prison cell, out on a run, out on a hunt, at your job, let's pray together and let's magnify the Lord. No, no, I don't want you to pray what you need. God is not your contractual agreement of just coming to him with what you want with your Christmas list. We come to God in prayer because we love him. Amen. And Lord, we don't ask for a thing because if Jesus dying on the cross wasn't enough, nothing ever will. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are more than enough. We thank you, God, Lord, that we love you and we pray and we seek and we worship and we raise our hands and clap our hands and shout our voice. God, Lord, we dance. God, Lord, we have our living and moving and breathing because of you. And Lord, we thank you. God, you're so great. You're so good. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you today. We're not gathered here in our homes and in the sanctuary because God, it's it's obligatory. We got it. It's mandatory. We got to be here. God, we're here because we want to be here. I thank you, God. There's a spirit of peace and joy right now coming into somebody's life because they realize love is the answer, not performance. You don't have to be perfect. You're coming in here because God loved you and because you love him. And Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me to preach your word today. There's an assignment that you have me on here and I pray that you would help me flow with you. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Let my ways be your ways. And God, help me to be nimble of mind and spirit, God, Lord, to be flexible with you, God, Lord, so that I might accomplish the assignment for which you have me on. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you've anointed me to do your will and speak your word. And I pray that you would do so and accomplish that in every heart and life and mind. Those who are ready and those who are not ready. If they're not ready, Lord, break that stiff neck and help them. Lord, break that hardened heart and get them ready for what you have for them. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. I'm going to start a new series, so I'm going to do it a little differently, and I'm going to ask you to get your notebooks ready and your Bibles ready. Go to Ezekiel, one of the prophets, Old Testament. Go to Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse 1. And then I want you to write down a few scriptures. You can write down these because I want you to see them. And I want you to also go back and take time to, to read them and to study them. You can look up Revelations 9.20. Read the chapters of Isaiah 45 and 44. 
That's Revelations 9.20. In fact, just read the whole chapter so you get a better picture. So it's not just one scripture because we all know we can take one scripture and prove anything. But it's really the harmony of scripture that helps teach us and guide us into a healthy place of understanding, oh, this is one thought. This is not just one removed thing that proves my ideals correct, but this is what God wants, right? So Revelations 9.20, Isaiah 45, Isaiah 44, Psalms 135, the chapter's really good. Uh, it, those are multiple scriptures that you can take, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, that's another great scripture. I'm just trying to give you a lot. I don't normally do this because uh, it's, I, I, I don't have a, a lot of time. But since I'm making this like a four or five or seven or 20 part series, then I'm, I've, got a, I've got a lot of time. I've got some flexibility here. So I want to give you some content because I want you to go home. Because what I'm going to preach about today, there may be some times where we can do what we do and say a good amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, shout, clap, get excited. And I think there will be some times for that. But some of what I'm going to preach about today uh, is going to feel more like surgery than it is a massage. See, I think a lot of times that people come to church uh, expecting a mental and emotional massage and a physical and a spiritual massage. Hey, pastor, will you just, it's, it's tense. No, a little lower, right there. Just make me feel good. I am not your massage therapist. I am not here to make you feel better about the way you've been living during your week. Oh, I got real quiet. See, I told you we're going to be there. Lord, I told you this might be too hard. Might be too much. But it might feel like a, it might feel a little difficult. You know, when you wake up from a surgery, you, you, you kind of feel groggy, displaced, trying to make sense of what just happened. And, and I want you to take time to process because there's two things that we always say. We're here. We're at Expressive Church. We know how to give a good. Amen. But we also know how to be reflective and take good notes because we take what God is saying to us very seriously. And so I encourage you, those online and in-house and those in overflow and all of our guests and those of, who are tuning in to now soon to be three prisons. Come on, everybody. Guys, I know in a lot of ways, COVID has been horrible, but in a lot of ways, COVID has been wonderful. And I'll tell you what, let me give you some reports. Number one, uh, we took over a preschool and we just had our first week of launching zero to fifth grade. Come on. Guys, that's influencing our community in a Christian way. And we're going to enhance it and take it to a whole nother level. As if dealing with a pandemic wasn't enough, your pastor was like, let's launch a whole school while we're at it. And so we, we just, we're, we're growing. And then on top of that, we had our youth dream night and we literally packed this place out with youth worshiping, jumping, shouting, praising God. Come on. Let's go another step further. On top of that, we had our kids stronger night. And not only did we have a great turnout. Hold on. Hold your applause. But we had 24 children give their life to Jesus. 20. Come on, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, put your hands together. God is doing a great work. I, I want to share this because I know the world is trying to show you everything wrong. Come on. But I want to show you what God has done right. Amen. That even in the middle of a storm, some, Peter can start walking on water. Yep. Yeah. 
Even in the worst of situations where you feel like you've given up all hope, Jesus is on the shore cooking breakfast saying, it ain't done yet, buddy. I've got good stuff for you. And God wants to show you some good stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's get the good stuff. I want to talk to you today and I want to just work verse by verse patiently as I can to go through this and digest some of this word that God has been downloading into my spirit. So look with me in Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse one. It says now, everybody say now. now. Some of the elders of Israel came to me, who's me, Ezekiel, and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, saying, son of man, which, by the way, he calls him son of man multiple times. Did you know that a lot of people would love to teach you that God had only became relational when Jesus showed up? But God has always been relational. It's always been about the, the friendship. It's always been about the relationship first. And he loved to walk with Adam in the cool of the evening. He, he wants a relationship with you. And he's not turning to you and saying, you sinner. Oh, no, somebody needs to hear this in the depths of your heart. It's going to start. You feel that knife cutting. It, 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 I, I'm trying to tell you God wants to talk to you like a daughter, Amen. not like a servant. God wants to talk to you like a son, not like a subject. Not like just another number. I think that's number one billion four hundred and fifty five. No, that's not how God thinks. God numbered the hairs on your head and God talks to you. Like he knows everything about you. And he says, son of man, these men have set up idols. Oh, underline that. Set up there. In fact, he says there. Their idols in where? In their hearts. I need to rewind a little bit, just a, just a tad here. We'll set up the story. So he says they set up idols in their hearts. Well, first off, let's go back. Let me tell you the whole picture. And the picture looks like this. Israel had been under siege, or it had been under siege, right? They had Judah and Israel, and so they went under siege, and after siege, then the Babylonian Empire took them. They went to captivity, and while they're in captivity, uh, and in before and leading up to, and the reason that God released them to be in captivity is because from one king to the next, kings would all of a sudden would make alliances with other nations, and alliances usually mean marriages. So then a marriage would bring in a spouse that would bring in other gods. So then those gods, think of Ahab and Jezebel, right? So then all of a sudden these other gods would be worshipped. Well, most of the time it was just gods who were worshipped here and there. But as time progressed all the way really up until Manasseh, the king, two kings right before Ezekiel, Manasseh, he had established a, a, a whole new boldness with God. He goes, hey, all these idols that are outside of the temple, let's bring them in. And he brought all the idol worship and the other gods into the temple where God was to be worshipped. So now you have multiple gods being worshipped at the same time in the temple. Oh, can I preach for a little bit? They, they, they were having church and worshipping other you, there, was, there were people coming to church, acting like Christians, worshiping other. I wonder if there's anybody here today who may feel like that. that and maybe you don't, because it's hard. Most of the time we, don't, we attribute idols to some third world country. 
right? We attribute it to seeing some gold, right? Some image, some big fat Buddha sitting up there. And I've been to the world lar world's largest Buddha in Hong Kong. That thing is massive. And we, we think idols and we think that, but really he says they've set up idols in their hearts. And we, we always say, I know super, anybody know somebody, don't raise your hand, but somebody super religious. Yeah, y'all smiling now because you don't want to look around. Everybody look straight forward. Act like you, you know it's not them. But I know people. They'll walk into a Chinese food place. Oh, my. Did you see that idol? That I, look, We're leaving. And they will leave because they see those little idols. They'll see those little golden images. And they'll be like, oh, my God. How dare I can feel. Yeah, go on, come on, y'all, y'all, right? They're like, oh, I could feel it. I could feel the darkness. Oh, and they're like, did you know that God is not intimidated by any idol? Did you know that God is not in some battle of compare? Did you know that God isn't wondering who's bigger, who's bigger, better, stronger? Did you know that God doesn't even think of them? When, it, when the name is brought up, he's like, what's that name again? I've never heard of that one. Because it's not on his level. So first off, but second off, that same person who would leave a Chinese restaurant because of a little statue will go into another restaurant and have three platefuls of gluttony and say, oh, let's blame their idols, but let's not talk about. Okay. <laughs> I told you we're going to get, we're going to we'll keep cutting. And, 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 and there, we, we don't want to call it idols because it's just, have you ever said this before? I'm going to see how truthful this audience is here and online. This is the real test. Have you ever said, I know I shouldn't, but God will forgive me. If you have, and you have truth in your heart, raise your hand. Look around this room. Come on, you sinners, raise your hands up high. We all, and you, those who are lying, we'll get to you in a minute because we have all, we have all fallen short and we have all done sin knowingly and unknowingly. And I've done it. I know I should go to church, but do you know what the Bible says about that? To him who knows what to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. Just to know what you should do and not do it. That's sin. So now I'm, I'm making an idol in my heart of the ideals and the illusions for which I have created and the images that I have projected. And now pretty soon we start creating idols all around us. Idols of friendships and relationships. Can I talk to the single people for just a minute? Everybody who's single. Now, first off, I'm a big proponent of not settling. Amen. Somebody said a good amen. Every married person in here who is happily married said a good amen. amen. Right? Exactly. Because you did not settle. Uh, but, but, we don't, but I also don't believe in creating this icon, this image, this ideal of an illusion of a spouse that you have created fictionally. And every good opportunity and person that comes along continues to be rejected because they don't meet your idol. And it's not God's image that they were supposed to be. A, I don't you don't I don't need you to love me or love. You don't need to find somebody who looks the way you want them to. They need to look the way God created them to be. They need to become the image of Christ, not your image of what your dream spouse should be. Oh, yeah. All the married people, all the single people are like. I just, he wasn't ready, you know, 
But let me talk to the parents. Parents, are we raising them in our image or his image? Are we going according to what he teaches us or what we think is right in this day and age? Are we doing it according to the pendulum of teaching that my parents were so overly disciplined, I won't be disciplined at all? Are we, are we going according to, because you're either raising somebody's nightmare or somebody's dream. And if you're raising somebody in your image and in that idol, it'll be a nightmare for somebody. But if you're raising them in his image, it'll become a dream for somebody. Come on, everybody, put your hands together because we're going to raise dream builders in this place. Because there are idols in our hearts. Idols of pornography. I had a pornography addiction. Nobody says, praise God. Look, I, I, let's get real. You, you can idolize me. Mainly my dance moves. Speaking of dance moves, you know, worship, you know when worship is getting real good? Because the worship team always has their traditional moves you know josh always has but when josh like spins and like moves that's when you know it's like oh this is gonna be a good one let's get this and you can idolize things and people that's why i don't want to preach all the time i got real quiet because some of you want to pick whether pastor lane is preaching or not preaching whether you show up or not because it's as it because the idol has become the preacher rather than see we we, we are coming to church idolizing moves and speeches and ways and i want you to hear from people who don't preach like me who don't sound like me who don't look like me they're not me because if you idolize me i'll fail you and that's what happens in marriages and relationships is we create these ideals of illusions and idols that's why this series, I'm titling this series, I want you to write it down, Mixed Materials. What have you mixed in with what was meant to be pure? What have we allowed to, to filter into our gospel to say, oh, I feel like God is. Oh, I think that friends should be when really we should always be turning to him and saying, God, what should a friend look like? Because that's why we'll leave a church because it didn't match up to our idol. That's why we'll leave a pastor. That's why we'll leave a marriage. That's why we'll leave. That's why we'll continue to leave friendship after friendship is because we have made idols of them. And we have ha ha this illusion of grandeur that we say this is what it should be like that they could never meet. But when we really put it in the image and reflection because you were created to be a reflection and what you worship, you will become. Oh, write that down. Say, ooh, preacher, that's good. <laughs> what you worship, you will become. I haven't even gotten into the second verse yet. <laughs> but he says, idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. He says this, should I let myself be inquired of, of them at all? Should, should I let them talk to me? Who are they? Because these were good people. Let's start back. This is Ezekiel, prophet of God. His prophet span lasted about 22 years, seven years of rebuke and 15 years of hope. It was a powerful man. And what he was speaking at the beginning, all the way where this was about to turn after chapter 14, 15, and 16 into the messages of hope is he was trying to fix some things that weren't healthy. And he was trying to remove some mixed materials that were mixed in with the purity of worship towards God. 
And so what he was trying to teach them is because they went to all. See, they, these are elders. They were elders of, the, of Israel. Godly men. But they were worshiping all these other idols. And they had went to all these other idols. They didn't answer. They didn't help. They didn't help me. Oh, my boss didn't answer my, oh, my spouse didn't. Oh, oh, and we go to all these, oh, oh, the government didn't answer. Oh, the Republican party or oh, the Democrat party. And we go to all these other idols and, and my food medication didn't help me. My addiction didn't help me. My, my, my issues didn't help me because my idols can't answer me. But now I'll go to God. Hey God, I need your help. None of them answered. And he's like, really? Should I answer them at all? Why? Let me tell you why. Because there were other prophets during this time. And you know what the other prophets were saying? The other prophets were cheering this. Oh, God is going to deliver us. Oh, peace is coming. That They were in captivity. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't the preacher say, hey, we need deliverance. We need healing. We need our economy thriving. We need our nation back to normal. And God's saying, that's not what I'm saying at all. This is where false prophets and false teachers will come. It will come into play because they're going to tell you what you want to hear rather than what you So he, he says, hey, there's some idols in your heart. Should I let them even talk to me? They're dealing with some major issues that I, I want to speak about that before we go any further. And then it says this, therefore speak to them. Everybody say speak. speak. Come on, everybody say speak. speak. Speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, everyone of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart. I want you to make that personal right now because it's easy, again, to talk about somebody else's idols and not, and you don't come into church thinking I worship idols. Right. Not a single person clicked on today. In fact, if you're tuning in or if you're in here online and you got your phone out and you're online, share this, tag somebody, comment. And you want to know why? Because I'm going to give a salvation call at the end of this message. And somebody has a chance to turn their life to Jesus today. Because right now, somebody needs to make it personal. Make it personal in your life. It's not, I, what do I, I don't need to, oh, 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 did you hear that? He's talking about, you know, our crazy uncle. He was talking, you know who he's preaching about. You know, I was just praying about that person. No, no, I'm talking to you. He wasn't talking. He said the elders came and sat down before him and he looked at them and said, you have set, you have made idols in your heart. You've made up idols in front. You've made up idols of like I was talking about my own personal testimony. I, I had a pornography addiction. That's making an idol. I'm worshiping an image. I'm not going to go into detail, but that's what that is. It's idolatry. There are all kinds of other things. My sexual identity can become an idol, an idol for me because it's something I control, not something God. It, it becomes my world, not his. And I have, there are idols of pride and envy and jealousy. There are, there are idols in our hearts. There, there are, there are some of us with the Bible talks about in Revelation chapter nine twenty. it says there are some of, uh, of gold. Aren't those the flashy ones? Silver. Somebody drives up in a nice car like, well, obviously we know they love money. <laughs> But he also says there's stone and wood. 
Yours may not be flashy and it may not be obvious and it may not be up in front of everybody, but it's still an idol. And it's polluted this mixed material that you want to call your religion. But God is calling us to have a pure religion, which is a, a blameless sacrifice, which is laying our life down, which is coming to him in truth and in worship and giving our hearts and our lives and our minds to him and saying, God, I'm not here to worship anything other than you. But we've we've made idols. We, we continue to make idols out of, out of all kinds. Even just let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, look, we can make fashion an idol and I look real good and you could be really stylish. How many remember the day when there were four seasons of fashion? Nod your head if you're at least close. Some of you guys are like, so look at me like right fall, winter, spring, summer. You're like, I wear boots and jeans every day. I, I, no, but I have all four, right? We have four. Now there's, guess this, 300 fashion seasons. There's 365 days in the year. They have a fashion day and a seat and a moment. And it's literally a moment, a flash of just so that they can buy a new shirt. We're making fashion an idol. We, we make we make a greed an idol. We make pride an idol. We make our insecurities an idol and we make other people's opinions. I'll get there in a minute. So then it says this. It says, speak to them, everyone of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart, puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet. I, the Lord, will answer him who comes, listen to this very carefully, according to the multitude of his idols. In other words, what he's saying is, I'm gonna answer you according to the idols you worship. I'm not gonna answer you according to who I am. I'm gonna answer you according to the idols you worship in front of you because I'm not gonna give you a pure, unadulterated answer when you've got adulterated worship. And he says, I'm gonna answer you according to the very things that you worship in front of you. I knew it was gonna be tough. And this is for me too. Guys, this is for me too. I'm not asking you. I had to ask myself, Lord, I've been stewing on this for weeks. God, do I have any idols? Because the first thing is you need to write this down. Help me identify. Come on, write it down. I don't see enough pens moving. Type that little phone. You use that phone plenty. What, what, what is my idol? Help me identify my idol. Because Ezekiel had to help them. They came to him and he said, let me help you identify the idols in your hearts. You need somebody to help you. But there, there's a problem here. And I'll show you here, why here in a second. That I may seize the house of Israel by their heart. Again, this is all about the heart. Because they are all estranged from me by their idols. It's going to get real deep, real quick. Let me tell you what this means. Estranged. Underline estranged. Estranged means this. It means to have a spouse, but then leave in the middle of the night, go sleep with somebody else, and then come back to your spouse and say, hey, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm here. Don't I love you? I'm here. And he's saying, I can still smell the other person on you. That's what estranged means. He says, I, I, you come to me and I can smell the other idols on you because you're estranged. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent. Everybody shout repent. repent. Oh, I said shout. Everybody shout repent. 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 
Turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel who separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, then to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. I will set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him from the midst of my people. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet is induced to speak, in other words, if he refuses, and I, the Lord, have induced the prophet, I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people. I'm going to explain this in a second. And they shall bear their iniquity and punishment of the prophet shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired. I wanted you to hear that because the, the, if I don't preach what God is telling me to preach, I'm going to answer for it. If I preach to you only what you want to hear, then I'm going to answer for it. If I, don't, if I can't get up here and talk to you about truth in your heart and your mind, then I'm going to answer for it. And God is trying to get us to a place where we can just be real with each other. And I can share with you that we need to deal with some idolatrous issues in our hearts and in our lives and in our relationships because what the Bible teaches us in the scriptures that I gave you about idolatry is it says, why do you pray to an idol who can't hear, who can't speak, who can't walk? Write these, three thing, write these four things down. Spiritual idolatry will leave you blind, deaf, dumb, and paralyzed. Spiritual idolatry will leave you blind, deaf, dumb, and paralyzed. The hard part about all of this is that when you're blind, deaf, and dumb, and you're talking to, you, you're going to go and you're going to go ask for answers, and you're going to go to other people who think like you, who worship the same idols you do, and guess what? Now it's the blind leading the blind. And then not only do you have that process happening, but then when other people come to you who are not like you and they don't see things the way you see and they're, 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 they're not deaf like you are, when you, you're start, you'll start convincing them to be like you. And now we have perpetuated our ideals. And we could go into a litany of, lit, uh, just of, of all kinds of things. Well, it could be just about church. We could make, and, and, and I, have you ever heard somebody say this? I don't need church to worship God. Yes. What idol told you that? Oh, come on. Wow. What, what, do you, would you ever think that that would come from the lips of God? Right. Wow. Oh, I, I don't need, oh, I'm doing good. Oh yeah, good is the enemy of great and I serve a great God. What idol told you that? You, you know, we keep talking about, oh, well, I just listen to these business guys because they got, they're successful and they're good and they got all kinds of great input and we idolize their success and pretty soon we wonder why our marriage is struggling. We're not the parent we should be and we got issues all around us and we're dabbling in pornography again and we got all these things happening again because we got the wrong influences coming in again that are making us blind, deaf and dumb and paralyzed to the things of God. Oh, I, I told you to get quiet in here. There's going to be a rejoicing part here in a little bit, but I need you to hear me and hear my heart, but hear the word of God today is that there are some things we have set up 
and we have made them and mixed them into. We have mixed our American agenda into the gospel agenda. And we think because I'm American, I'm Christian or I'm Christian, so I'm American. If I'm, oh, oh, if I really love God, then I must be against abortion. No, no, don't mix what God said with what you said. Because there are, there are, there are mixed materials here. And I need to hear what God says. I don't need to hear what everybody else has to say. I, I, the, the first thing that you need to do, right, we said is identify. The second thing you need to write down is this, help me remove. Glenn, will you hand me my sledgehammer? I wanted to smash a bunch of little idols, but my wife told me no. She said, if you smash idols on stage, you're gonna shoot something off and hit somebody. So I researched tarps, you know, that they, you could pull for the first few rows. <laughs> Couldn't get enough tarps in time. So we didn't do it. So I'm not smashing idols today, but we are. Yeah. See, sometimes your idols are, are gonna need smashing. Uh, uh, Josiah was a man of God who turned to God like none other, the Bible says, and tore down idols. Gideon tore down idols. There were great men and women of God who said, enough idolatrous worship throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Idolatry is in the Bible, but somewhere in the American Christian branding of church, we have removed the teaching of idolatry because I don't see any gold idols around us, but we made idols out of all kinds of other things seen and unseen. And sometimes you need a sledgehammer. Sometimes you need a scalpel. I was looking at my uh, uh, little trees and, and bushes in front of my house and we're just enjoying our little patio this morning. And it looks so beautiful. Like you want to go out there and just kind of wade through it and have a moment, sipping some tea. Or I, I just was imagining this wonderful walk through the, and I'm looking at all this. And then when the sun hit just right and the light illuminated it correctly, I could see cobwebs and spiders. Oh, somebody here. When the light shined on it just right, you might just need a broom in your life. You might just need somebody to say, hey, you don't want to walk through that. There's some things that people can't see, but once I shine my light on that, we're going to deal with some things that you've netted in you, that you've woven in you. Some of these are familiar spirits that came from your parents and grandparents. And because of all the issues and iniquities, because that's where it is, the bent inward decision towards. And when you have these iniquities, it transfers from generation to generation until some generation decides I am going to to deal with the iniquities and the idols and it's not going to pass down. It's not going to keep going. I don't want my son and daughter to feel the shame that I felt with. I don't want them to deal with the issues that I've dealt with. That's why a preacher has to get up here and say, look, marriage is between a man and a wife, but we got to love everybody. Look, there is a purity in the sexual identity that God gave you, but I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you. I am here to show people that go through divorce and heartache and pain that we're not picking sides, but we're here to love you because I'm not going to make the, allow these idols. If we allow the, if we don't speak the truth, I, not only will I answer for it, but I'm going to leave a lot of heartache and pain and frustration. When communication isn't clear, frustration remains. 
That's why we have so many preachers and teachers that you must be careful of because it's honey to your ears and they're telling you what you want to hear. And that business person who keeps pouring into you the successful notes of how they got there really doesn't want to tell you the internal turmoil that they deal with and the perversion and the idolatry that they struggle with on a daily basis because they're not going to be transparent about it. But, but preacher, oh, it's going to help me be successful. Don't you want me to be successful so I can tithe? No, I don't want your unholy, ungodly money. I want God to bless you because God comes first in you. And God, there is no other God besides Jehovah. There is no other God besides Yahweh. There is no other God besides Jesus. I don't worship anybody, anyone, anything other than Jesus Christ, the Messiah who was sent for my my sins. Hallelujah. Sit down. Y'all going to make me preach. I don't have. Let me read, read the last verse. It says that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profaned anymore with their transgressions, but that they may be by people and I may be their God, says the Lord. That's what God's desire is. He starts off in Ezekiel and he talks about this vision and he talks about the rebuke and the judgment. And at the end of Ezekiel, he ends with, and there the Lord will be. Because God is always gonna have to deal with what we've allowed to mix within us, so then God can dwell with us. But when sin came into the equation, Adam and Eve couldn't dwell with him anymore. But when Jesus stepped back on the scene, now we can be made pure and righteous and unadulterated. And when we worship Christ alone, that's when that purity and God says, oh, now we can do this together because you've been doing it separate from me. You've been worshiping other gods with me. That's why there's only been 10% of your life working well. But now when you start really putting me as the one and only and true God in your life. I will take care of everything. I'm going to knock it down. And God put me on an assignment today in this series that throughout this series, we're going to go and we're going to look at other passages in the Bible where mixed materials happen and idolatry happened and illusions took place. Witchcraft and all kinds of manipulation and control. Can I tell you, that's really what that comes from your desire to make that person be the way you want them to. It's manipulation. It's witchcraft. It's idolatry. I hear it all the time. Well, preacher, don't worry. I'm gonna get them where they need to be. Really? Please don't. Because the only person I know who turns people into other things is witches. So don't do that. Let them become who God created them to be. Let them be the reflection of Christ because you will become what you worship. And now here you go. What is worship? Worship is a response of love. I kneel, not because my, I, some of us are watching the worship and I, I gotta be quick, but uh, some of us are watching people worship and raise our hands or me, I kneeled in the front and prayed. And I, when I kneeled, I, I kneeled down and it came to my, my mind that people were thinking this, that I wonder what he's feeling. I wasn't feeling anything. 
Well, we, we imagine this, Josh. We imagine this. Oh, I bet when they raise their hands, they feel this like bolt of lightning strike through them. I bet when he kneels, he's just overwhelmed and broken in the spirit. No, normally it's me saying, flesh, I don't care what you feel. This is an act of submission to who God is in my life. I am raising my hands because of who God is. I'm clapping because of who God is. I'm telling my flesh it's not in control. God is in control. He is on the throne. He's the only one in my heart and I will worship Him alone. Come on, Bridge Church. Put your hands together. Stand with me. We got to close, but man, stay in the spirit. And as I mentioned, I want you to saturate on this. God, help me identify. Help me remove. And then help me establish. Some of us are used to doing this process. Oh, well, well the pastor said I don't need to address the devil. So I'm just going to leave him in my living room where I always like him right next to that screen. And, and I'm gonna go over here and I'll worship God at church because I'll just, I'll, I'll have my, I don't need to talk to, no, no, no. You need to serve the devil notice. He does not have any authority, room or place in your life. You have to speak it. Devil be gone. Idols come down. We're tearing them down. And God, you are on the throne of my heart and my life. And forevermore, I will worship you. Don't allow other people's opinions of church and the gospel to mix in. I hear it all the time. Gosh, I, I want to keep preaching. But you, you, I want you to marinate on this because this is just the start. I was, God told me to warm you up today for what's coming in the next few weeks. So if this is the warm up, where is he going to take us? So let's get warmed up because there's some idols coming down in our state and our nation. There's some idols coming down in some homes and some hearts. There's some idols coming down. And when we bring them down, that's when that pure worship begins. Well, we got to tear them down. We got to tear down some. We need some men and some women who know how to fight, know how to tear down idols and say, God, the only one who belongs on a throne in my life is you. Oh, pray with me, Lord, in Jesus name. Oh, saints. No, no, you can't be quiet with the devil. Some of you are about you. you the Lord already convicted you. The Lord already been spoken, has been speaking to you. you. You need to serve that idle notice. Idol, you're coming down. Stronghold, you're coming down. You need to burn them. You need to clip them. You need to weed eat them. You need to do whatever it takes. You need to tear those idols down. And let's turn our hearts to God. If ever, with every head bowed, here and online, eye closed, nobody looking around. If you know that this message was for you, I want you to raise your hands all over this building. Come on. Come on. That's almost every hand. Come on. Keep them raised. Don't look around. I want you to close your eyes, even if you're not raising your hands. This is a personal decision with somebody. Come on, as your hands are raised, I want you to begin to say, Lord, get re remove those idols. You're helping me identify those idols. I want to put you on the throne. I want to remove those and make you the Lord of my life. No one else belongs in my life. Nobody else's voice belongs in my life. Nobody else's opinions belong in my life. I want to hear the voice of God. And Lord, we thank you. God, that those who are blind are about to see. 
Those who were deaf by idols are about to hear. Those who were mute and couldn't even speak on behalf of their own life are about to speak prophetic, are about to speak with life and love and joy. Those, God, who have been paralyzed in their faith are about to move again. They're about to walk again. They're about to stride again and jump again and dance again. The reason they couldn't worship in church is because the idol has paralyzed them. But now that the freedom and the healing of Jehovah has come, God, you are the answer of their life and they will move and live and have their being in you. And Lord, we thank you, God, for every life that's turning to you right now. And with every head bowed and eye closed, if there's anyone in here who wants to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're in overflow listening. Maybe you're in a prison cell. Don't look around. If that's you and you want to put Jesus on the throne of your life, make him Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for the hands going up in this house, online and in overflow. I know they're going up. I can see them in here. I know they're in there. For every hand that's raised and heart that's open, I want to pray with you. Repeat after me every voice. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours and I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give God some praise. you've given God your life, make sure you connect with our information desk. Make sure you message us online. Make sure you connect with your body. Make sure you RSVP for next Sunday. We're building. We're going somewhere. Those of you who are online, share this message. Somebody needs to hear it in your life. And we want to make sure we continue to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to uh, speak this bridge declaration. We're going to be dismissed. I need you guys' help with the flow of traffic because next service will be coming and starting at 1115. So make sure to say hi, but don't stay too long. Uh, we need to get things reset. Uh, and so also on that note, I need to make a quick mention. We're doing everything we can to sanitize this. Plus on behalf, uh, uh, Ian Wolf is helping us with uh, getting the right things to install with our air units that will clean the whole air uh, uh, system in the building and always killing bacteria. It's specifically targeting COVID and other things like that and bacteria the flu, the cold, and it will make this whole building uh, just really super, super clean. Uh, so that's happening, coming soon. So let's thank God for that. Uh, and I know, I hope that speaks to your hearts, those who are online and you're still wondering if you're ready to come back. Maybe that turned the corner for you. And so RSVP for next Sunday, they're filling up. We've got a full house today. We're, uh, and if we keep this up, we'll go to three. But we're just going to continue to move forward at the pace that God graces us for. Let's speak this declaration. Let's have a great week. And let's continue to let the word of God saturate in our hearts. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, 
whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam. This is my testimony from dead to life. Cause grace rewrote my story.